0: Good evening, you're listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Bruce Garrick. Tonight, we have a very special guest from Sweden, noted game designer, Kim Kanger. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So, Kim, the uh, the thing that I'd like to talk about today, specifically, is um, Dien Bien Phu Games, because you just released uh, a game called Dien Bien Fu, The Final Gamble, um, last year, but it's been less than six months. Um, and you seem to have a specific interest in French colonial wars. Uh, you've released uh, a game called um, Ici C'est la France, which is the Algerian War of Independence. You released um, Tonkin, which is the uh, french Indochina War, and now Dien Bien Phu. You also have a game uh, called Road to Karen about the uh, 1941 East uh, African campaign, but tell me about the three games that involve French colonial wars. W- what what sparked your interest and in why why would you delve into uh, an area of wargaming that's not that um, not that much
1: explored? True, uh, it was really a matter of uh, of uh, coincidence. I I stumbled upon a project uh, by a guy called uh, uh, Clement and he wanted to do a uh, a sort of a Tonkin, but made for OCS in the gamers' uh, system of OCS. Yes, OCS so it was a being huge a game, yeah, well, uh, com- operative yeah, uh, combat yeah. system right. made by gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it was a huge, you no, know, uh, several maps and and uh, a huge system. And um, we, I, I, I tried the the playtest kit and and. Uh, it, it it wasn't really working for that scale because each game turn would be something like a half a week, and mm. you know we're speaking of a four year four year right uh, war. So it it didn't really work out, but uh, it it kind of added my interest to kind of scale it down mm-hmm. to something manageable, manageable, and uh, and to to do something myself. So. I asked him if it was okay that I used his order of battle and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I re, I not, not reconstruct, but I, I constructed something, uh, let's say completely, uh, off my own and, and uh, proposed a game for the magazine, they Victus mm-hmm. and they, they accepted it. So it came out, that was my first game. It came out, it was called Tonkin. It was actually Tonkin mm-hmm. and it came out in, well, I think it was two thousand five or two thousand four. I, I, I really okay. can't remember. Actually, ten years ago at least. Uh ten years ago, something like that. And um so I I kind of stumbled into the the topic as such. And um when when it was released, mm-hmm. of course it had you no know, huge as we say, holes in it falls i mean it was it was my first game uh it had to be it had be had to be completed in, in in a fairly short time and so on, so afterwards I thought like, oh, you know a lot of things should be made different mm-hmm. but anyway from there uh it 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 was i mean the the war kind of continued by itself from Indochina into Algeria it was, mm-hmm. it was literally the same units from it a French perspective, the French units who was transported directly from Saigon and Hanoi and stuff like that, uh, directly to our just to mm-hmm. sort of continue the war, but, but with the uh, different adversaries. And, um, so I I, 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 wanted to do that because, um, it, it felt like a, um, let's say, a natural progression. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting because oh. your 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 game, uh, it's, I th- I feel that your games like to tell a story, uh, and that you are in a sense are almost telling the story of French colonial sort of involvement and then disengagement through Tonkin and Ici C'est la France because. Um, like you said, it seems like you just follow these units and you sort of become a little attached to these guys uh at least when read, when I was reading the history you know I, I I sort of you know you see all these different uh, paratroop battalions and um it's very it's very interesting the continuity uh so that's really the way that you you slid into Algeria just because you you followed the soldiers from one theater to another huh
1: true true and and well you are because you get kind of attached to the because some of these personalities are, are um, quite interesting to, to, to follow. You have Bichard, uh, one of the French commanders. And, yes. and um, so they they do become a bit of a, like a tiny warlords mm-hmm. commanding their old regiment. And, and, uh, and, um, right. Langley is a big, a big, sense big character. I yeah. understand that the French government actually became quite nervous of it because at the end, in the beginning of the sixties, when, when politics was such that, that you had all this sort of in, in the view of the military political betrayal and, mm-hmm. and what have you, um, the, the absolute elites of the French army was in Algeria, And, um, and uh, I mean, some of these guys have been fighting continuously since 1940.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, first against, uh, Germany and France, and then with the Free French, and then directly to Indochina. and then mm-hmm. directly to, so they were, they were veterans with a, with a capital V. <laughs> a sense. So I I kind of conclude that by six, I mean it must have been the most absolutely efficient army in the world. Um, hmm. But it wasn't enough for the French point of view because they they. They in in a they lost the war politically in, mm-hmm. in a similar sense like the U.S. in the Vietnam afterwards. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, it's interesting because politically then um, you know people may not realize this, but you know the the movie Day of the Jackal. I mean the assassination of de Gaulle was uh, you know the the French army essentially units did mutiny and uh, you know the OAS was a. Uh, um, a uh, sort of response to what they felt as a political betrayal, and this this is a whole this is a story that starts in in 1940 and then ends in 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 the 60s. Um, just as you said, you know, these elite units, Truly, the, 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 yeah. the the French army and and the and the French political state became sort of enemies. But you're you're a you do have a lot of um, political focus in the in uh, Ici C'est la France. Um, not so much, I mean. Not quite as much in in uh, in Tonkin, I think. Um, I think Tonkin has a is a situation where the French uh, just don't have the resources to do what they want to do, and you're very um, you, you have some elaborate rules, the supply dump rules and the operation rules. Tell me a little bit about how you decided to to um, to ex- to represent this com- this conflict in um, in into China, because you know. There were long periods in Indochina where sort of nothing happened, right? The the, the French had a, this this disaster in 1940 on Route Coloniale Four, where um, they're- in the, 1950. You mean? Sorry, yes, yes, yes. Oh, 1950, mm-hmm. um, where um, yes, after the uh, after the Chinese uh, became communist and the and the Vietnamese had that support uh, at the at the uh, sino Vietnamese border. Yes, they could come um, from across the border. Exactly. Right. Yes. So, and that, but then, but, you know, there were these different operations and, you know, uh, first Salon, Navarre, and, and, uh, the, um, um, and, uh, and um all, all those, they, they sort of had their plans, but it wasn't continuous conflict. So you have to take a, a, a war that lasted for four years, but was very episodic and spasmodic. How did you decide to sort of handle that problem?
1: Well, first, uh, to scale it down time-wise. I, I mentioned this first mm. uh, play test that I was trying for, for this other guy was half, half week game turns, which mm. was, which was literally in a sense that you ha- you, you could play like uh, four or five, six game turns and nothing at all happened. Right. So I, 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 I turned it into a month, uh, a month game turn system. And during the rain period, you have two months. system. so I think it's like 10 game turns, uh, Year. During the year, which uh, which which means that you can you can you can do something each game turn. It, 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 well, you will have periods where where both decide that uh, they just have to rest and kind of uh, build up supplies and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, a month game turn was fairly manageable to 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 well create the game, right? You know, but but you get and, a problem, um, though,
0: there, don't you? Because you have you have a, a month where uh, you know the and it's the same thing, kind of in DnD and Fu games, where in a month an entire operation could basically start, proceed, and end. And it, just like in DnD and Fu, you know, a, a, an assault on a on a series of strong points, you know, a week is a long time in that time frame. So you have to sort of be able to represent this, uh, you know. Assembly of, of forces, movement of forces, combat of forces, resolution of all that, and it's it's a month long turn. And and I think you you decided to do it with this very interactive system, right? You have True. you can only
1: spend a certain number of po- operation points. Yes. so t- talk about yeah. that. So, yes. Um, I mean, the war as such was was very interactive. I mean, you, you had one part doing one thing, and the other one responded immediately. Um, but you can never really you could never really plan and and foresee what diversity would do and and how much you would be able to do in response at any time. So I wanted to do a game which was very interactive, just basically it would be more fun to do that, um, where you could, you know, I do one thing and and then my opponent do Mm -hmm. one or two things and stuff like that. Right. Which means that if, if if you start a game term, which is a month long, and you actually are starting into you actually are commencing a, a campaign. You have these ten operation points each, and you can do a lot of things. Uh, everyone is running back and forth and fighting, and then or or building trenches or removing trenches, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, but if you decide not to do anything, you can simply just sort of skip the operation phase and just quickly. Uh, go through the game turn and, and just do the, you know, the supply things and mm-hmm. add up with the. So you're not forced to do them, and um, so you could you could you could be very active and do a lot of things when you actually wish to. So you're and, actually doing these half week uh, turns. Without the game turns, mm-hmm. you just go through quickly and, right. and uh, by not spending the supply, you could just skip the whole operation phase and right. to represent a kind of idle periods.
0: So that's how, I mean, in, in a sense, what you're doing is you're, the operation points divide the, the month up into basically those half-week turns or, or so that, that you had in the first place. Um, yes, true. But
1: one operation point will only activate like one stack. Right. Or, or, or one specific attack. Mm-hmm. So you get one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, you roll a die and you get one Two or three operation points, but you'll never bef- know beforehand if you do get one, two, or three operation points. So that will be a surprise each time you roll a die. And uh, if you do get three operation points, you can do them in a row. So that will mean you can you can move something for the first operation points. The second one could be rem- remove uh, disorganized markers mm-hmm. on the units in question, or something like that. And the third one will be perhaps uh, the actual attack. Right. Uh, so it's almost like if, it, if yes. your intelligence
0: and, and your planning sort of all come together, it's sort of a little bit of luck. And it, Exactly, exactly. You
1: know. I mean, you could, you, could, you could have that wish as a player, but then you roll to get one single operation points, which means the attack that you wish to do will not be sort of um, Possible to do, and, and then, you, but you still have the operation points to make uh, and, and to spend, and so you decide to do something completely different, uh, uh, remove some disorganized markers, or, or just sort of move something else into a better position or something,
0: right? So it's like you're giving. The, it's like the commanders themselves were faced with with certain situations where um, you know they had all these plans, but uh, sort of the Viet Minh weren't there where they thought, or they they had a difficulty so that, that, arranging their so troops um, and to do
1: what you can. A measure of of, of chaos or or plans that you no know, that does not mm-hmm. turn out to be right as wished or whatever right.
0: So 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 tell me now, I wanna I wanna move a little bit further, uh we'll go to talk about Dien Bien Fu but we'll then come back and we'll maybe talk about it in the context of Tonkin. But DnB Bien Fu itself, um you decided to do a game about it. That seemed like kind of a natural thing to do after uh Tonkin had come
1: out uh as the second edition that the uh the Legion yeah, yeah. war games. I mentioned the Bay Victors but yeah. what after I made ici La France the, the 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 Algerian part mm-hmm. it, it kind of bugged me that the first game was not really, you know, I read a ready game or a complete game. So mm-hmm. I asked Randy Lean at, at Legion War Games, would they be interested in sort of a new edition of Tonkin? And he said, yes, why not? Of mm-hmm. course. So I, I went into the project once more and, and I did it right this time. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I and it became basically a, a complete new game. So many people have asked me, can we use the new rules for the old game? I said no, I mean it just just, just buy a <laughs> buy <laughs> just buy a new one, yeah. Just just buy the new one and, and read the rules from the start. And there's so many there's so many differences. There's so much that well different and and uh, so um just just regard it as a complete new game. And and, and it is. So the real Tonkin is the one I, I published in, in Legion War Games, which was actually after the Chariot game, but before the right. Champion.
0: Right. But in so. but in Tonkin, and and by the way, the for for the listeners, um, the the Legion War Games versions of of uh, of Kim's games are just beautifully done. The uh, all the components are very nice and. Um, uh, the map graphics are great the i love the counters they're very well die cut everything is the very nice addition so if you have any interest don't don't think that you're getting some kind of um you know uh, independent uh Less quality uh, components because you're really getting very nice games. But I noticed just in the rules for Tonkin for the new Tonkin uh, from Legion, there's uh, says next game uh, by Kim Kang and Legion War Games will be Dien Bien Phu. So it seems like that was the <laughs> that was the uh, plan for a long time. So tell me what you decided to do Dien Bien Phu. It's not a it's a it's a tactical game. It's not an operational game. Uh, what why I, I assume I know why you wanted to you were following those troops into their uh, into their final yeah. It kind of
1: I, I've often made in the China and Algeria and, and uh, in, in, many sense, I wanted to leave the, 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 French colonial period, do something completely different, but it, it, somehow hanged over me that, that you, you, I, I had to do a game of champion football because it was such a, it was such a, how do you say a, a pivotal, pivotal. Yeah, back, sure. That's mm-hmm. that's, that, that, um, characterized the, 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 the mentality of the French army, you know, for the rest of, well, until today, really. Right. Um, perhaps one of the most important battles for, for France and, mm-hmm. and uh, also for uh, sort of the anti-colonial movements throughout the... Mm-hmm. Um, without a champion for battle, there wouldn't probably have been a war in oh, they might have, but. Mm-hmm. but it, it could have been completely different. it really destroyed france's credibility mm-hmm. among its subjects, the colonial subjects so right. um, so it it I felt like okay, before I leave this period, before I leave France, before I leave i just I just have to make it um, mm-hmm. just to get it off my back right right <laughs> and so I have, so I can leave it now with good conscience and, and, and say, okay, <laughs> here it is. Yeah. Now, I'll, now will make something completely different. Got it. Well, tell me about so. So when you're when you're
0: making a game about DNB and so there are a bunch of problems. Um, I've uh, as we had spoken about. I'm making actually a series of videos about games about DNB and And as a, as a result, I've done quite a bit of reading about DNB and As a matter of fact, I think I, I probably know more right now about DNB and that's in the sort of front access, accessible part of my mind than anything
1: else. Um, I've, I'm so overloaded with DNB and facts and, and histories. <laughs> I reckon, yeah. especially when you're comparing all the games. I, I, I gather that you have read Martin windrose Oh, yes. yes. ...and... and mm-hmm. uh, held in a very small place, of course. Pardon. Yes, and, and, and Jules
0: Hua's uh, book and um, Ted Morgan's book and uh, uh, Valley of Death. Jules Hua wrote Battle of Dien Bien Phu. Um, you know, in the, that was, a also came out in the 60s. There are multiple books I read. Um, I read uh, Street Without Joy um, by by Bernard Fall, of course, just for some other background. And I've read, a, I've just read a lot of Indochina books. Um, and, and the thing that strikes me about about Dien Bien Phu as a battle is that, you know, the French landed in Dien Bien Phu in November of 53. Um, the battle didn't start until March of 54. You know, they had this um, they had this elaborate plan. They had this air land base and then they they had a. a a thought of how this battle, they had a plan. They, they they really felt they knew how this battle was going to go um, and what they were going to do and how they were going to supply themselves and how they were going to fight the Viet Minh. And then very shortly after the battle started, within a day or two, they realized that wasn't going to work and they had a big problem on their hands. True. I mean,
1: the thing is, um, the whole champion Fu plan wasn't really that bad idea. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the, the premier plan was to, to have this uh, major sort of base where you can have all the anti-BM guerrilla running around and you can make excursions out with, with sort of bring back the highlands into the French fold. And um, and, and, and the second option or the second idea was if Vietnam would turn up, they wanted to battle. They right. wanted the Viet Minh to actually sort of rush upon the, the the strong points and, and get themselves killed mm-hmm. which in many ways they did. <laughs> right. Yes. But what they didn't reckon, what they didn't couldn't really they didn't recognize the possibility that that the Viet Minh would actually bring a whole division of artillery. And you can't really blame them for, for thinking that because this is this is absolutely horrific territory and and uh, I mean you have all this you have this jungle and you have these mm-hmm. mountains and this little pitiful road that right. sort of um, winds its way towards Dien Bien Phu yeah. from, from the outer world. It's just a sort of a, a mud track.
0: Right. And you do um, actually, I wanted to interrupt because you do you do a great job in Tonkin of actually showing how that is, right? I mean, to, to do a Dien Bien Phu Campaign or battle in Tonkin requires a huge amount of operations points.
1: True, and, a, a major, yeah. a major logistical feat, right? Um, a feat, and and but I mean the Viet Minh, they they mobilized not the entire army, but they mobilized something like oh, I don't know, like uh, I think they had something like fifty thousand civilians at Dien Bien Phu, mm-hmm. or I mean something like that, to to do all diggings and, 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 logistics and, uh, carrying ammunition from the base, mm-hmm. uh, uh, behind them. And, and, and hundreds of thousand people probably along the whole route. Mm. So yeah. They were carrying shells one by China. one, kind of yeah, in this and, like and giant, yeah, train, right. yeah. And you see this pictures, you see this picture where you had these people dragging the guns literally by hand mm-hmm. up the slope through the jungle. Right. And and not just dragging these guns from God knows how many miles through the jungle and hills, then actually digging this sort of enormous – how do you say – the casemates? Casemates, yes, exactly. Casemates inside the actual mountains because, mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the basic idea otherwise, artillery is that you have them behind the hills and you kind of shoot over the hills mm-hmm. and land into the fortress, which the French knew that if they do, we just shoot back and right. take them out. But this time they, they dug themselves into the hills, no, like fortresses,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and uh, had, had all the guns kind of indoor. Right. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 just it's, it's mind blowing in mm-hmm. many ways.
0: Yeah, and 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 I interestingly enough, I mean, there I've I, I, as I'll talk about the games in my video series, but I can say here that you know some games sort of treat the Viet Minh guns as this. Uh, you know, conventional force that can that for which you can counter battery fire and attack with air. Citadel does that. You know, you can basically just decide, okay, I'm going to use all my air strength and all my artillery to try to destroy the Viet Minh guns. And you, if you, I mean, if you're really lucky and roll a lot, roll really well, and the Viet Minh roll really poorly, you can really do it. And and uh, it seems very ahistorical to me. And in fact, in your
1: game, you can't. That's, not, that's I mean, not a I possibility. They, yeah, I, I think they, historically, they did take out one gun or two mm-hmm. um, while they were transporting them from one spot to another spot, right. and, and they just were unlucky and being caught in the open, and mm-hmm. the Air Force just happened to be there, and what and right. a lucky stroke. But we're speaking of, like, a, a gun or two, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of ammunition, which... I, wrote, I think i read right in rules that uh, the, the French should actually have more ammunition than they have in the game because they, they spent a lot of them in, in counter-battery fire. Right. Uh, because they thought they, could, they would be able to, to take them out, mm-hmm. take the, the Viet Minh artillery out. Um, but they couldn't. Um, except, you know, Lucky Strike right. 1 or 2. I mean, they, they, they sometimes just... Managed to try, shoot straight into straight the hills yeah. and, uh, and and managed to hit, but otherwise they 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 just couldn't. Then again, as you as you know probably know that mm-hmm. having these guns dug into the hills as the Viet Minh had, they were also I would say inflexible. Yes, uh, which meant that is why I have this rule that you you can only place the badge markers... In or just beside the strong points because mm-hmm. they're pre registered right. at this point. So, this period between like Christmas until March, we're spent uh, shooting these shots. No. Um, yeah, they're ranging single, fire. This, Yes, these single ranging shots to, mm-hmm. to kind of see where they will land and they pre registered them. So, I mean, because when the Viet Minh had these enormous badges, they were done by night. They mm-hmm. couldn't see the targets. They right. shot totally blindly, but they knew what coordinates they had. So they, but they couldn't kind of pick one freely.
0: Right. Right. And that was that was difficult for them to to support their they they couldn't have a a sort of moving battle because they didn't have the uh, the coordination between artillery. I mean, Japs, uh, you know, sort of experience with a with a combined arms battle like that was basically zero. I mean, it's the first time he'd ever really done this, right? So so just like you said, they had these coordinates where they could uh, pre-register the guns, but if the the infantry then took those objectives and kept moving like in a like in a normal professional army they would then have spotters who would then see where the infantry was and then say okay now we we need to uh, bring the uh, new coordinates forward we're going to take these targets out the infantry's here so don't hit the infantry they couldn't do any of that so it was these very uh, episodic sort of um you know attack the strong point we've got these things then they would consolidate it and then they had to think about, you know, they need to wait a week or two weeks and have the next attack. And so that kind of gives you a good, um, a good way to sort of episodically represent these battles, right? Because you don't have to do, uh, uh you don't have to have, uh, turns that are a day long because there are only a certain number of Viet Minh actual offensives, right? So you, you, Many of these days, would nothing would be happening except the Viet Minh would be harassing and the French would be trying to collect all their all their ammunition and supplies that were being airdropped. Um, so, but but you're but you're actually very um, detailed in the way that you decide to represent uh, certain things one of which is the way that you assault strong points. Tell me about how, why you decided to do that and how how that kind of mechanism, because there's, it's a very sort of complex mechanism, right? You have the assaulting troops, you have the supporting troops, you have artillery that supports them, you have barrage versus support fire, then you have True. the reaction. So
1: how did that all come together? True. And... Uh... It, it's, it's not complicated in the matter that you have all these minor detail rules and, mm-hmm. and exceptions and stuff like that. So people shouldn't be sort of put off and think like, oh no, this will be a horrific mm-hmm. set of rules that you have to follow and remember like thousand different details. Is in my view, it's very sort of mechanical and, and repetitive. Yeah. Uh, so you, you quickly learn how to make an assault and you can just do you no. Know, you can just do it in your mind, or how you say it. you can just do it's, it, it mechanically? St- yeah, it's stere- procedurally stereotyped. I would say it's yes, just it's you, you sort of do the same mechanic. kind of things each time. Exactly, exactly. And uh, and so in, in that sense, it's quite simple. But when I when I made this, um, I, I I quickly realized when I when I when I saw this battle and and uh, tried to represent it is that you couldn't just make a a normal odds feature, Mm -hmm. go there and and you make an odds and then you will have a a combat result, which would be, you know, either the the French stayed and or or had to retreat or something like that, because there were so many occasions where, where Viet Minh managed to shove off the troops from a hill with very little sort of um, uh, effort. Mm -hmm. And vice versa, where you had these occasions where, where, uh, a few platoons managed to 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 defend a strong points against uh, an assault by like uh, two battalions yes, or something. Exactly, like exactly. Yes. So you had all this variety of possible outcomes, which a normal, which a normal. Odds table wouldn't be able to really depict, right. and it would be also a bit boring. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted something that could be that could be give a chance it, 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 that, that you would never be able to sort of pre-calculate um, how it would turn out. Mm-hmm. Something like okay, if I, if I if I if I go forward with this and that and attack and, no, with this uh, dire modification then that, that attack will be secure. I, mm-hmm. I will know, I will take that. Right. Guaranteed. You never know. You're you never, you never guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you do have a, a higher, bigger chance, a mm-hmm. higher chance to succeed if you go there with fresh troops and with a lot of support and stuff like that. And of course, if you have good troops defending, uh, you will have a higher chance of, of staying there. But you're you, never what you're never guaranteed and uh, which in my view brings a lot of sort of excitement and fun because you 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 hope you will you know, you'll have the sort of chance on your side but right you,
0: well you have but the and, the and the interesting thing is that you sort of the luck that that comes into the game you correlate to specific things that happen in the battle for example you know the Viet Minh can surprise the French or they can uh you know take losses but but continue normally, or they can be they can hesitate. So that you know, if the 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 French have high enough morale and the Viet Minh don't, then they can take a step loss. They can hesitate and they roll on a on a worse column. Actually, they can abort the attack. They can it, so all these things that happen in the battle. You sort of you take the uh, the strengths and morale of the of the units, put sort of put them together, and then try to tell a story about individual combats that happen because you know, like you said there are these these great uh, stories in Dien Bien Phu about how you know just you know one company that's that's basically down to you know in uh, just a few men uh, just sat in a in a destroyed blockhouse and just turned back wave after wave of Viet Minh um, and then the Viet Minh became demoralized from that they realized they couldn't take this this uh, position and um, when when the when the sort of the assault occurred Ended and the uh, the French counted the bodies. You know there were hundreds and hundreds of bodies uh, laid out in front of the uh, in front of the French defense, Perfect, and, and there exactly. were like 10, 10 or twelve uh, uh, French Legionnaires that sort of walked out of there. And um, uh, true, or, or,
1: or the example where you have this um, you have this battery of, of guns mm-hmm. uh, supported by a few uh, few Algerians, which had. Sort of escape from the, the the hills of uh, Dominic One and Two mm-hmm. in the, the Battle of Five Hills,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, these few Algerians and these guns, for example, who shot point blank, mm-hmm. right, uh, held off two battalions uh, rushing on them, mm-hmm. and, which probably saved the whole garrison, uh, right, right, adaptation. So so you can and, do that and vice versa, and then you have the Viet Minh assaulting, for example, Dominic One and Two, and and just sort of flush out or just shove all the defenders out right. in a matter of hours, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 um, you know, with a, with a complete collapse in defense. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, well. So that's, a, I mean, that's, that's a very,
0: um, it's, it's a very sort of narrative way of telling the telling the story, um, because you, you relate it to these specific events rather than just having, oh, you know, these guys had a five-to-one attack, so they lost two steps, and these guys lost a step. Oh. Um,
1: so. No, you have this You have this two... Each one has two die rolls. Mm-hmm. And, and by having two die rolls, you will get a far wider range of possibilities that you have. I mean, as you know, you have the first die roll, which you basically roll against your strength. You're, yes, right. You uh, roll against your own strength. Uh, well, I mean, first the defender shoots... Defender sort of meets the assaulting troops, and you, you look upon the strength, and you add to his strength if it's uphill, if there's wire in between, or something like that. Mm-hmm, so right. you have an end result of how strong you are. You roll against it, and uh, if you roll below, you will get a positive die modifier. If you roll higher than that, uh, you will get a negative die roll modifier. So,
0: but the, it's the strength you have. Is so, if you're rolling, so the higher your strength, the more likely you are to roll over and get a modifier. But it's not guaranteed. And with bad True. luck, even the True. best troops can end but up being higher. Yeah. It's
1: higher, right? And it's, and then second die roll, which will then take any, the, uh, uh, which will then use this die roll modifier that you have received, uh, will sort of show the outcome of your. Fire, which could make the assaulting unit abort or continue their assault, but with different sort of uh, results, like they manage to surprise the defenders or they become more hesitant or something like that. And then basically the the assaulting force sort of does the same, first Mm -hmm. of all against their strength, and then how the whole assault turns. Right, and many people said like, "Oh no, no all this walling, but it goes quickly. You just mm-hmm. count the strength, roll against it, see how it goes, and then the sort of the then the assaulting does the same, and um, which means that you will there will be a wide range of possibilities right. mm-hmm. through this yes. all these options, and of course before the assault you have placed sort of your barrage markers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the assaulting, the VM, the VM uh, prime target is to, to shake the defenders, which will facilitate their assault greatly right. and, and sort of take no cause steps, losses mm-hmm. among the defenders. And then the defending will use barrage to, to help their defense and, no, creates their process also. Right.
0: Okay. Now, 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 tell me, <clears throat> there are several decisions in this game that I'm very interested in. Well, that was one of them, but the, mm-hmm. there are several others. One, another one is, um, I've been looking at the games that represent uh, Dien Bien Phu, and one of them specifically, uh, well, several of them, uh, like Citadel and um, La Vallée de um they, um, they... In, explicitly include Isabel as a strong point that's just contiguous part of the map storm over dnbn food decides Isabel's not even in this you know take Isabel out we're just gonna f- have a um a battle about the the main airfield and the strong points and it just take the southern part of the battle out of it because it was not taken I, I don't know whatever reasons. it's the words yeah.
1: I mean I I I
0: but you that did was, something else that, you did you you put Isabel in, but then detached it from the map in a way so tell
1: I want to hear more about that decision well, first uh, it's too far south to actually have a continuous map all the way I mean if for example the, the Valeamour you mentioned mm-hmm. um, it is on the same map, but then you have this elongated map and, and yes. a little area in between and stuff like that. So, for the for the
0: listeners, just so that uh, they may not understand what we're talking about, the French position had a number of. It was in a long valley, had a number of strong points. They were almost all clustered in the center and north, but there was this one strong point in the south that actually had a lot of French artillery in it. Um, but it was very far from the from the rest of the positions, it was sort of detached. And there's a question about how to put this together on the battlefield. When you're making a map, you have to make this long, long map, which uh, La Vallée de Mort and Citadel do. And so now we're talking to Kim about how he made a decision
1: about this. So, I'm sorry, so. go ahead. And and my original thought was to actually, to was to skip Isabel and also skip Beatrice and Gabrielle, which was the two mm. main uh, first strong points. Well, that would have been... Slightly yeah. I wanted to... My first thought was actually to, to start with... Uh, uh, the Battle of Five, Five hills. hills and you have central area because I thought like, no, the, the, the Beatrice and Gabrielle part is, it's not really that necessary. It's it's a, it's a speed bump in the process of getting to the actual fight. Mm-hmm. In a sense. But then of course, a lot of people, and uh, especially a lot of French people, which I chat with said, mm-hmm. oh, no, you have to have it all because mm-hmm. no. <laughs> it right. just has to be it just has to be there. Right. And and I thought, well, you know, well, OK. So I included Beatrice in Gabrielle, and um, then then in a sense, I had to include Isabel to uh, as a sort of off map uh, detached mm-hmm. version. Um, not so much that it the troops influence mm-hmm. the outcome of the main battle at the Gempio Fou that much really. But there is there is a possibility for the French, for example, what happened if they would evacuate mm-hmm. all the battalions that were situated at Isabel and just rush them up to Isabel. No, sorry, to to Bien Phu and mm-hmm. to have them part of the garrison, mm-hmm. and, uh, which would include, no, which would add something like uh, what is it, like three battalions. Mm-hmm. Or? Yeah,
0: more than that. Oh yes. no, no, some, something like that. Yeah, because there was uh, there were something legionnaires like there, and there was yeah, uh, uh, the legionnaires, and Algerians, Algerians,
1: and, yeah. and, and then you had assorted sort of auxiliary units. Right. Uh, something equivalent of of uh, of three or mm-hmm. battalions and artillery the
0: uh, artillery was the important and artillery thing, of yeah.
1: course and and of course i mean the, that would mean they'd have to give up the whole Isabel. but i mean the, the units could perhaps have been more useful in the in the defense of the central area so that option is open for the player to to try out and um, of course going th- no going in that direction i eventually came had to include the the portable, uh rescue force in Laos, which
0: of course that's an interesting so, though so it's interesting that you went straight from uh from the idea of not even having uh uh isabel to because and 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 even Gabrielle and and, and um, Beatrice which were which were um, you know part of the battle but you actually included something that ended up not even being part of the battle right because Condor force never got there Condor force for they the for, yeah there. for the uh, listeners just so I can um, explain to them so that they know what we're talking about Condor force was uh, a relief force coming from Laos um,
1: Four that, battalions. Yeah,
0: four battalions to try to uh, to try to sort of relieve uh, Dien Bien Phu. I think at, at some point they were thinking also that they were going to help the garrison break out. Um, but in any case, they never got there. Um, they were didn't. It was there was a huge problem supplying Condor Force because they were using all the uh, French airlift capacity to actually supply the fortress. So if you're going to and you make a good uh, good sort of decision here you're, you you um, you know you, the amount of supply if you're if you're uh, supplying condor forces it in, in, impacts the DnB and food supply. so uh, so t- talk a little bit about what <laughs> how all of a sudden you went from from pairing the battle down into into this essential central thing to spreading it out adding Isabel and then adding condor force. Well, the, the, I assume that the, the Condor true. Force, if you have Isabel, then you have to have the, the possibility of of um, if the Viet Minh ignore it, then Condor Force can just walk straight up there. Is that is that what you're true, saying? True, true. Um,
1: but it can't be released until quite late in the battle. So mm-hmm. it it is really a matter of when it is released, uh, it is in a hurry to actually get there if you decide to release it. And as I say, a, a lot of the air force, a lot of the air transport capacity goes to supplying this force, which means... You you really have to um, stockpile a lot of supply beforehand before sort of (laughs) relinquishing all the supply capacity uh, to to that force. Um, And I could have skipped it. Uh, It was it was really a matter of of, well, no, it's fun. It could turn up. And, and since, since I'm just using boxes, so it's placed in an off-map box. And uh, the moment you decide to release it, it goes into the next box and then to the third box. And mm-hmm. if it managed to uh, chase off some, some uh, Viet Minh troops uh, and, and uh, to guarding that route, uh, it would eventually turn up. Into the valley, and of course, the whole idea historically was that the, the garrison was in no state to to evacuate. Right, it. they could not well, break was, out. It was really, no, it couldn't have done nothing. What it could have done is, if the whole battle was just how do you say in a state where it could turn either to the left or to the right. Mm-hmm. I mean, both sides were sort of equally weak by mm-hmm. that point, mm-hmm. so. Uh, by adding four more battalions uh, could uh, perhaps just be this this just this little to push it extra, over the edge kind little, of yeah the little extra that yeah. might have made the Viet Minh decide to, right. to just
0: to, to call it off, and this is interesting because off. because um, you know the listeners, I I know you know, but just for the listeners, um, you know the battle was taking place. Uh, the end of the battle was sort of taking place around the start of the Geneva Conference, where uh, you know there were all these negotiations on sort of the French, uh, you know, presence in in Vietnam, or in China, and and um, the uh, you know the, the the loss of Dien Bien Phu during this conference was sort of this catastrophic, uh, uh, you know. Think that that led to. I mean, there are other factors as well, but the, the partition yeah. of Vietnam came out pretty much because the French just completely lost at Dien Bien Phu; the whole garrison surrendered. And there's this thought that the Viet Minh were 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 very. Uh, they took a lot of losses if the if the French had actually French won. Losses.
1: Yeah, and they have committed they have committed half. I think it was half their entire battle force mm-hmm. of, of entire Vietnam. We're speaking right. half of everything that had a gun Mm -hmm. Um, and they took their losses were
0: yeah they're horrific they were just they 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 took
1: so many horrific yeah but few people know that people usually think that oh well you have all this artillery division and you know firing the french into tiny bits and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but actually the part that shot that spent most ammo Mm -hmm. And the part that whose artillery was the, 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 the most, most horrific for the opponent, Mm. that was the French artillery. French spent more ammo in their, well,
2: their large guns. Yeah.
1: Well, the equivalent of artillery regiments, basically uh, a third of what the Viet Minh had, but that regiment, equivalent of a regiment Mm. uh, spent more ammo, than the entire Minh division did,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah, and with 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 much more professional, no, uh, much better trained troops, yes, precise, yeah, much more barrage, much more precise and efficient professional barrage. Mm-hmm. So that's why in the game you can just pinpoint and you always know this is big chance of of getting uh, losses among the the yeah, the yeah, tank, and troops. Vietnam so each step yes. there. Is equivalent of a whole company.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's that you. So you've really, I mean, you really decided what you wanted to show in this game. I think uh, by you know you you decided you're going to do the whole battle, so you're going to do the whole map. You correctly, in, in my opinion, uh, but you know people disagree, but can disagree. But I think that if you are going to have Isabel, you have to have some con because right there's no there's no consequence to the French moving all those troops out of Isabel to the. Um, to the uh, to the main uh, uh, defensive position, uh,
1: except or that consequence. If the Pitman takes over, they will get what I call the strong points track. Right, they exactly. Will, That's will, what I'm saying. They will saying. get, they will get right. seven points of yeah. Which, they, which is quite a deal i mean
0: yeah and they they so they have to they, so what i'm saying is that there's no consequence to to the um to the french sort of if they if they do that unless you have a penalty mechanism and they no longer really have a way that the the um the condor force is not going to be able to really link up with anything uh because then the the vietnam have blocked that position so like you said you did that um the other thing that really struck me about your um about your decisions, like you, you basically reduced the French, uh, the French air power at Viet Minh, uh, at, at, Dien Bien Phu against the Viet Minh to a single counter. And, and your comment is basically that, uh, the French, uh, uh the French air, uh, air force didn't really do much in this battle. So here's their
1: airstrike counter. Um, but True. And it, it yeah. fires like a barrage, but right, right with it actually a minus a negative roll modification. So it's, it's, is is far less efficient. It's far less efficient than than uh, local artillery. Yeah. So it's, it, it they well, unfortunately for the French, they they, they weren't able to to, to achieve anything. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. They, they their air force was not that uh, was not that effective. And you so there's. I mean, there are games in uh, out there that take the French air force and then you know. Represent it with all these counters, and you have all these attacks and all this possibility, and then you decide, well, that's fine, but they didn't really do much historically, so there's probably not much reason to do that. Here's your, here's here's the historical effect of all those counters. Is this one
1: basically airstrike
0: that works as a barrage.
1: Yes, and it's correct.
0: Yes, yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah well, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, they they,
1: they tried to try to bomb the Vietnam positions in the forest, and it made no achieved nothing. Mm-hmm. Right basically mm-hmm. nothing. And they tried to bomb them out in the fields. But, but uh, since the Minh were, were digging all these trenches, mm-hmm. they could just, uh, know, uh, lower their heads. And, and right. uh, I mean, you can't, you can't, I mean, if, if all these troops are actually below ground level, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you have to have a, you have to have a direct hit. And, and these are, these aren't like B-52s or something. Right. These are. World War II bombers yeah, hell diapers they're using. and, and, and yeah. the Bearcats, uh, mm-hmm. sort of uh, late Second World War mm-hmm. fighters. And, and, and they came in and then strafed something here and, and yeah. you know, dropped a bomb there. And mm-hmm. there were a few occasions where, since the French were professional, they, they could, they managed to, with a good timetable, to bring in the Air Force and exact hour or mm-hmm. minutes mm-hmm. to, to, to drop, um, to, 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 bomb a specific strong points. They knew that the Viet Minh were, were occupying mm-hmm. and it, there were a few occasions where, where the air force just got a good lucky strike. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, then of course the, the losses once again, were horrific for the Viet Minh, but throughout the game, no. That mm-hmm. that counter is enough, right? Right. You know, and, and you get a hit if you roll a six. So every six game turn, you you right. do something. But but but
0: you while you represented the air power with one counter, you went to the trouble of representing the airdropped supplies. With dozens of counters, and not only do they are there dozens of counters, but you have separate counters for you know food, bullets, medicine. You have little you know baguettes with little you know uh, <laughs> wine uh, bottles on the. I mean, it's great.
1: I love I love it, but I I, I really want to know you know. That's I a, actually had, I had the wine bottle and my original counter wine bottle. And a small frog, uh, <laughs> okay. and, and and quite a few French uh, certainly found the humor in it. Yeah. But there were a few French that thought, like, well, I, I, I understand the humor, but right. you, do you really need to? So I, I chickened out and, mm. and replaced the frog with a with a baguette. The but, baguette's good. I uh, mean, it's, but, the the but con is really uh, funny. But... I, I I love the original mm. one with with a frog. Mm. But <laughs> well, well, tell me. But that's I mean, that's a really
0: significant decision you made. You know, so why you you know why. Why would you take? and I, I'm just curious about your thought process. It's a very interesting the way that you do the supply. You have a box, and you take these counters, and and the box sort of represents the maximum French airlift capacity. And then you know there are certain boxes you can't place uh, loads in because the all, the counters represent loads, right? And
1: they yeah. they uh, by low, what what right. So if you can't if you, each counter is like 30 tons of supply, that is what uh, uh, let me see again. The, what, is it like five Dakotas during uh, five Dakotas? Oh, my, my mm. memory. Sorry, okay. I just game, but I, yeah, I, actually, I, don't, don't forget. I don't. I don't five think Dakotas the listeners are going to worry about that. supply, something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. So, so, so the supply. Each. But it's. A, but it's. A, I, I. I really to. To talk a little bit about what you did with the system because it's a very clever, and I and I'm I'm fascinated by what I just want to know the thought process that brought you to do this. You had a you have a box, and then mm-hmm. each
2: so the matrix the a matrix. The matrix. It's it, 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 yeah, yeah.
1: You, so you roll two dies, a black one and a white die, mm-hmm. to get a like um, you know a a, a a vertical, or the black die are to get which which row. Mm-hmm
2: and column yeah rows, you have an intersection and then you have
1: a white height you yeah. get one of three columns, so by rolling both of them, mm-hmm. you will get a certain spot in a matrix of eighteen possible sort of uh, uh,
0: slots mm-hmm. and 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 you have to fill those slots based on the weather based on whether condor for, where condor force is um because you're sort of taking out things from the from the matrix based on how much air supply capacity you have and then as you you know as the as the as the air um as sort of the the circle closes around Dien Bien Phu, and you're losing strong points you get less air capacity because it it i I guess your reasoning is that um it's there's a smaller area for the for the uh, French to drop supplies so they even if they have but, the the aircraft they can't get them all into a very small space so that yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, and get an anti-aircraft right. to, or closer and closer right. to the dropping zone and stuff. Yes. So so that but you but those things
0: that you put on that that um, that matrix, and I've taken I've taken a long time to try to get to my point, which is my fault, but um <laughs> the the you take these counters out of the box, you put them on a matrix, then you roll, and then they go away. Right? I mean you mark down the the um the uh the, the points on this different tracks. Okay. We collected this many and they go here, but, but they're but it's a, it's all this, it's very tactile sort of physical way of, of doing something that could have been done, I think, in a more abstract way or somewhere you didn't, but you, you felt it was important to have this matrix and have these kinds. Why, why was that?
1: And it's a fun procedure, don't you agree? <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> Actually, it's one of my favorite parts to roll that because I, I don't know. I think it's it, it's a it's, it's a very fun sort of sub procedure. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean the the whole supply situation for the French, were their main Achilles heel. I mean, they they really had to be able to get supplied, and so I decided to to divide the supply into um, a series of sub groups. You have fuel. You have Food, you have ammo, and you have medicine. And then, of course, when you get these replacements, uh, new paratroop battalions, uh, they had to be added as well, which means they will occupy um, plane loads where you could have supply. Uh, So, I mean, when Mm -hmm. you get reinforcements, you have less sort of empty slots to filled with new supplies because the reinforcements are there. And then you have a replacement marker uh, also. Anyway, so in the beginning, you have all these 18 slots. Um, and uh, while the game proceeds, as you said, uh, you had uh, the monsoon coming in, you have the uh, sort of uh, encroachment of the Viet Minh, which means a, a, ser- a lot of these slots are not allowed to place these plain load, these supply markers on. So you get a lesser, lesser amount of, of slots to to be allowed to sort of place your supply in, and then you roll this weather table, which is a weather slash anti-aircraft effect, uh, whatever, uh, to see how many of these plane loads that will abort back. Uh, to hanoi mm-hmm. and never reach the valley and you never know which ones so when you place these slots in this matrix with food and ammo or whatever you are in dire straits or in dire need of uh, of, of getting um, you never know which ones that will actually arrive right. and if you're lucky well if you're lucky the weather is fine and everything arrives. Mm-hmm. If you're unlucky, you have to roll up to like six or nine aborts. And that is the, the two dice. I mentioned you roll these two dice, a black one and a white one, and you get like, I say a quarter notice. Well, you get a, you get a, a slot in between
2: mm-hmm.
1: depending on, on these, you know, which row and which column, um, that will abort back. And, uh, so if you're unlucky, that could be like nine rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be a lot of supply returning. And if, you, if you're lucky, it will be an equal share of everything returning back. But you could also be that just roll in a way that all the food disappears. Right. <laughs> which, which, of course, means that you will get something more of something else like ammo, but, I mean, no food. So you have these tracks that you add or deduct depending on you spend the food and you add the food when they arrive. And uh, the the idea is not to reach zero mm-hmm. on this track, because then you are no, then you have problems. And uh, of course, if something doesn't no something doesn't turn up, <laughs> you have to perhaps prioritize that specific supply next time. Mm-hmm. You know? So it, it is a it is a kind of it, it is a sub game of keeping your supplies going right uh, and and not running out of something but it's and it's a fascinating sub-game because the way that you
0: do it and I <clears throat> think I was getting to this with the matrix is that you know you have consequences for each type of uh you know for each type of supply that doesn't make it you have a wounded box where you know uh you need medicine for the for the troops in the wounded box and and um you know if you have uh uh, if you don't get enough medicine then you have to take uh, attrition losses and if you don't get enough food you have to take attrition losses so you have to sort of you're sort of the um guy ha- going yeah. and Keep yes you're the, the Hanoi coming. supply commander and you're and you're looking at the the map mm. and you're deciding what things you need do you need ammo do you need food do you need medicine and then putting it on this little matrix and so putting it on the matrix itself is part of that cool little little game that like you just like you described it and then Uh, But it takes it completely out of the main map uh, in a a good way because my feeling is that, you know, a lot of these, you know, what you could have done, uh, you could have... Put them all, you know, where the where the stuff lands, and then you have to see how whether and uh, you know a French unit can get there, and uh, or you know if the Viet Minh get it and where it drifts to, and uh, you know and 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 really True. complicate the map that way and complicate the mechanics. But you you found a way to sort of put it on this little you made a little mini game out of it. Um, which definitely affects the battles and influenced by the map, but doesn't clog the mechanics. So I just wanted to to, to mention that is, to people. It is
1: always possible to include unnecessary complex details. Yes. <laughs> so yes. It's always, you can always not, put more details in. Yes. not add them. The trick is not to actually to delete them, mm-hmm. not having them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So as you said, you, I, the, I could have done... Whatever mm-hmm. to, to, to clog things, yeah. the whole clog the whole game down with all right. these these procedures, which would be of no use except to just make the game slower and and uh, what have you. And um, well, so
0: exactly, yeah. that's my feeling in game design is that the uh, the ability to to interestingly abstract. Uh, Parts of the of history and, and include it in the game without making without clogging the game is that sort of the essence of, of of good game design. Um, you uh, anybody can take a, a map and put a bunch of, uh, you know, hexes on it and then then have the each turn be one minute and have you know the troops move how far they could move in a minute and and uh, you know the detail you could overwhelm a game with detail. The- yeah, you've got to pair that back and so it's it's just it was very interesting to me to see how you took. The battle, and you sort of tried to pair these things back. the, the, the fact that you com- basically eliminated the French uh, air effort, or made one extra counter out of it, uh, compared to other games where the majority of the counters in the game are French air units, uh, is,
1: <laughs> yes. it, is fascinating yes. to me because and, it's and, yeah. and to no use. And if and and if and if the French air power would have been more efficient, mm-hmm. then it would have been unhistorical. Right. Um, so you would have added a lot of sort of a lot of um, uh, unnecessary details uh, slowing the game down and actually produce a false result mm-hmm. than it was historically so so um, and and that is why i mentioned earlier that i i all the the, the game is in a way complex that it, it because it, it poses a lot of sort of decisions and what should I do or what should I not do. But the mechanics that the game system is very mechanical. For example, all the troops move five movement points. Uh, I haven't got any difference in how fast they were moving and uh, and all this defense counting how strong you are, are, are very much the same for both sides. And they're, they're, there is not a lot of details and exceptions of this specific unit, this or, or, or this hill, that, or the, the wire system here, or, or they moved much faster and they were slower and stuff. I, I do have different morals because that is an important part of the game. Morale, yes, morale. But that is the morale. Um, but that is... That is that, and, and, and in some cases, strength is really what only differs the French troops. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few small things, a few minor details also, which had to be there. But I, I went to great lengths to delete all kinds of rules that did not need to be there. Mm-hmm. That's that's the essence of design,
0: as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm very curious then to, um, since we're we're running out of time, I'm very curious to know uh, what you're thinking of working on next. You have a game called Road to Karen, which came out two years ago, actually. So so really, mm-hmm. uh, but well before um, uh, uh, DnB and Foo so. the Final Gamble. But that's about um, that is that does not involve uh, the. Uh, the, uh, French, well, it is a French colonial game. It's the, it's, uh, well, British and French versus, uh, Italians in, in East well, Africa. So it's, a, it's actually an Italian I, colony.
1: I think, I think, I think there are two French troops or something <laughs> like
0: that. <It's, laughs> yeah. So there's, but yeah, it's the British, it's a British in East Africa, um, but, uh, with, um, uh, against the Italians, the, uh, yeah. campaign that the British, uh, won, uh, uh, pretty handily there. Uh, but, uh, what,
1: what, what kind of things are interesting you, uh, in the future? In the future, um, well, my next game will be something completely different. As you probably have suspected, all my four games are are, are completely separate and different from each other. Mm-hmm. I haven't reused my system right. in, for the one game. I mean, they are, are absolutely different, all of them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: game system-wise. Yes. So, so I always start with, a, as I say, a, a clean sheet of paper hmm. and uh, not to... I don't use other systems. I don't use my own previous systems so far, at least. Anyway, so my, my next game will probably be, uh, will will be uh, a multiplayer game of uh, sort of exploration in Africa. Hmm. I, I, I spent a lot of years in Africa. Oh wow! Or and um, so I have some sort of affiliation to there. And and uh, and, and, and uh, let's say like this: I have this old avon hill classic Sword source of, of the Empire. nile yes i was about to say that yeah uh-huh. exactly and and it, it is it is an old favorite of mine mm. and i thought it's, it's a great great game it and, is uh, but of course um having this with with crayons and mm-hmm. you have to draw and yeah I, I wanted to do something with that flavor but modernize it mm-hmm. and uh, so i decided to use like Zones, uh, which represent base, uh, mm-hmm. represents approximately the different ethnic group. Mm-hmm. No, not, not entirely, but no, something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I haven't gone that. I haven't, I haven't reached too far into the process yet. So I mm-hmm. can't, I can't yes. sort of say too many details right. because I haven't got them yet. <laughs> but. But my idea is to to make a sort of fun multiplayer game with like five six players and and uh, where you you do play your own explorer with the logistics you have this you know you moving forward and you drawing tiles to see what kind of terrain there are and how the rivers are moving and and your interaction with with uh, sort of local kingdoms and, and tribes and stuff like that. But uh, I have this vague idea also to perhaps introduce something like you do perhaps in a parallel way, run one of the, tri- no, run one of the kingdoms, uh-huh. so you actually do play, perhaps, uh, uh, one of the African kingdoms, also, you do Interesting. have right? yeah. Interesting. And, in a way to, to sort of, perhaps block the advancement of your opponent, coming from, from that side of the map, or, or hmm. do something like that, so,
2: huh.
1: not just be, not just be the, well, let's say, not just be the white explorer. Right, going right. To Understood. It. Kind of, kind of, kind of modernizing it and, and yeah. uh, also playing the, the, the African kingdoms, uh, right. interacting with explorers. That's fascinating. <laughs> Somehow. Oh. I don't know. I don't know how to make do that, but I... I'll come up with something. Uh, that's uh, I, I'm fascinated. That's uh, I do.
0: I also like source denial, but uh, based on how inventive all of your systems have been, uh, I'm, I'm I can't wait to, to try that one. So, uh, so yes, that uh, that is on my. Radar. Hopefully, we can uh, talk about that on one next, when it comes next out. Yeah. Lists. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll put that on the list. And That's... also,
1: I thought, like, you know, this this war game community and this war game uh, business is mm-hmm. is is fun. Is uh, in many ways very. It's a special business, but it's not big mm-hmm. in a sense. And right. As someone said, that there are a certain amount of games being sold every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I but think bought people, by, yeah. by, but bought by very very few, few buyers. people. Yeah. yeah, few people buy a lot of games each. Right. So if you sell like thousand games, there are not like thousand customers <laughs> to, to buy a game each. We're perhaps speaking of of hundred customers buying ten each. Right. And uh, and they're all middle aged. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. so like- there, there is actually a, 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 a serious concern that i mean if you have this few, few die hard consumers mm-hmm. uh well getting you know too old or, or whatever mm-hmm. um the whole business will just suddenly yeah. evaporate yeah. so and and uh, looking at the business, you have these euro games which are are definitely larger kind of business i right. mean you just have to go to board game geek and see. Which games are sold in? Which games are owned by thousand people, and mm-hmm. which games are owned by fifty thousand people? Right, right. <laughs> so I don't know. It's my hope to perhaps reach a wider audience. Wider audience. I'm but, sure that would be yeah, uh, much. Uh, we will see. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm just hoping. <laughs> we will
0: just. Well, see. I think that the. Um... The idea of this, there's always been this idea of the graying of the hobby, and as people get older, the same people are playing the same games. And of course, you know, the middle-aged people are the ones that uh, you know have the have the money to buy these games, because you know, when you're a student or you know, just uh, you know, young adult, you don't, you're uh, just worried about paying the rent and food, and you're having your beer money. And now, when you're a more established person, you have all this. Uh, you know disposable income where uh, you know a $50 game is really not a big deal um, but what I what I've, I'm I'm uh, encouraged because as the internet sort of ties everybody together and there are more places we I have you know two or three places just within driving distance of my own home here uh, that I can go and play games with people um, uh, you know game stores that have tons of space and I see you know on the certain nights I go, uh you know, have all these people playing and they're you know they're younger people, they're older people and uh some of the younger people get drawn they look at they come by, they see a game, they're like, Oh, what's that game about? And then you they sit down and they watch you play and they say, Hey, you know, next time you're playing this can can you can I play with you? Can you show me how to play uh teach me and we'll we'll play some week and then sure and then they show up uh you know a month later and sit down with somebody you never met before except for that time and play. And so then you
1: have one youngster and like uh, ten
0: people, yeah well that's
1: fine. (laughs) you get one youngster Everyone gets worked out one at uh, a time.
0: <laughs> one at a time. So anyway, anyway.
1: Well, True. Kim, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, internet saved the hobby. Yes, uh, it did. It internet. Did. Without the internet, the, the 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 hobby would have died uh, by the time like Avon Hill and SBI died. Yes,
0: uh, I agree with
1: you. Have saved the hobby.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kim, thank you so much for talking. This was. Uh, Wonderful time! I had a lot of fun. I really love your games. Um, I need to much. go pick up Road to Karen. Although I see that uh, at Revolution Games it is temporarily out of stock, so hopefully mm-hmm. it will be in stock at some point. Uh, they will. They print, will. They will
1: it. reprint it. I mean, okay. they reprint it all the time, and, and uh, Good. so when it's out of stock, they will just sort of get a new batch. And,
0: okay. Well, I will go look for that. Then we'll look for the uh, for the new. Um, uh, game that you're working on hopefully you you've uh, you've been very um open with your games on uh, on consome world uh, you'll post things and say about how you're working on them i remember when you were working on uh dnb and foo you showed uh, some map shots and just sort of talked about things so hopefully uh people who uh, are interested uh, can go to Consum world and look you up and uh just see but, your posts
1: and board game geek and board game geek yeah uh, and yes, board yes geek. you can i can be found that yeah. it's, uh... Perfect. I'm, I'm equally active on both parts. Um, okay,
0: great. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I will uh, be just uh, so that's uh, Kim. And then for me, I will be doing more videos on d and Foo games. So you, uh, everybody who's listening to this, can see links on that. I have one right now currently on um, uh, Citadel, which is an old, old classic uh, d and Foo game. You can uh, see that at www.wargamespace.com.
2: So. Thank you, everybody, and uh, good night. Thank you, Kim, and good night.
1: Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.